Well, good morning to you. It is so good to see you here this morning. Thank you so much for coming and worshiping with us today. It's good to have you here. How many of you are here this morning? All right, I just want to make sure. Now, if you're sitting beside somebody that didn't raise their hand, lean over and tell them, let me know when you get here. All right? Good deal. It's good to see you. Thank you so much for coming, and I hope that you picked up a bulletin on the way in today. A lot of very important announcements there uh, in that bulletin about things that are coming up in the weeks to come. We want to make sure that you are fully aware and uh, abreast of all that's uh, taking place. There may be some things you want to pencil in on your calendar so you won't forget and make sure you participate in. Uh, Two things, very quickly. This is... uh, the last Sunday, no, next Sunday is the Sunday when the uh, baby bottles are due. If you're uh, collecting money there for the Pregnancy Resource Center, uh, those are due next Sunday. So please make sure you have them back. Uh, bring them with you next week. Uh, what an awesome ministry as these uh, folks are ministering to young women who have uh, been struggling with that decision whether to uh, in their their baby's life or to carry that baby and they've chosen life and uh, the, the pregnancy resource center is there to encourage them support them help them with physical needs spiritual needs so uh, that is an awesome ministry if you uh, if you can support that that would be great just out of curiosity are there any bottles left three bottles left so if you haven't picked up a bottle yet and you would like to to uh, donate to that uh, great ministry you can pick that up out in the front foyer and just make sure you have it back next Sunday and then one that's not in your bulletin that I just want to mention really quick our personnel team uh, needs to meet immediately following service this morning right down here uh, front it'll be very brief I promise you Um, but if you are part of our personnel team If you will, please just plan to meet down front at the end of our time together this morning. Again, thank you for being here. We're going to take a moment to to pause, kind of take a deep breath, uh, prepare our hearts for worship, turn our eyes toward heaven, and make sure that uh, today our focus is in the right place. So let's pray together, will you? Father God, thank you so very much for this opportunity to be in this house of worship on this Lord's Day. And we know, Lord, that uh, there are a lot of places we could be, a lot of things we could be doing, but you have called us here. And I thank you for every person, Lord, who's been obedient to that call to come and worship with the body of Christ today. We pray for those of our church, our community, uh, our families, Lord, that are sick, those that are uh, under the weather, others that are battling diseases. We pray for them, Lord today let them know lord that we miss them i I just pray that right now wherever they are would you enter into that room and just and just give them a big hug and let them know that they are not alone that that they are loved and that they are missed today we ask you to be with us in our time together today lord we we just want everything we do to be pleasing to you from the songs that we sing to the fellowship we enjoy to to the preaching and teaching of your word We want everything we do to line up with your will for this day and with our lives. And, Lord, we just pray that today will be that day that uh, we will have truly a time of worship, that we as the body of Christ, friends and neighbors, family members, maybe some folks we're meeting for the first time, that we can join our voices together and our hearts together to declare your great glory. 
Lord Jesus, you are worthy of all honor. You are worthy of all glory. You are worthy of all praise. And today we lift our hearts to you. Speak to us today, Lord. Guide us in all that we say and do. For it's in the precious name of our Savior Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, good morning. I want to invite you to
Let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for everything you've given us, dear Lord. Dear Lord, uh, just uh, want to pray uh, for Tommy as he gets ready to bring us the word. Uh, dear Lord, pray for Brandon as uh, I think he has gone to another church this morning uh, to preach your word. Uh, just be with him. Dear Lord, just uh, thank thank you for everything you've given us. Uh, thank you for the offerings that you uh, bless upon this church. Uh, Bless it upon your kingdom. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering. Ever change.
for y'all today. We have some guest singers, um, uh, Pastor Chris Whitey and his wife Lynn. Pa uh, Chris is the pastor at Beachwood Baptist Church down in Mount Olive, Alabama. Chris is a friend of mine from Wingate College. We sang in concert choir together and we were reminiscing earlier about some fun memories on choir tours and the great times that we had together. But he also spent some of his teen years here in this church and is very close friends with our brother Dwayne Udy, and he was friends with Chris Wallace, and he loves Pastor Kenny. Um, but he and his wife sing. He has been in music ministry for many years, and we are just so blessed to have the two of them. They're going to come and share with us now. So if y'all will come on, I will give you my mic, and you do your thing. What a privilege it is to be here with you today. I recognize a couple of faces from West Stanley days and thankful that I'm not who I was when I was here. Aren't you glad you aren't who you were 30 and 40 years ago? Some of you had not yet discovered America 40 years ago. <coughs> we just want to encourage you today because God's so good, isn't he? So we're just going to share with you a couple of songs to encourage you. And uh, we're anxious to hear what God has to say through you, brother. I thank you for the privilege both of you have been here, especially since you know me and you let me come back. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend.
last couple of years have probably been tough for you, tough for all of us. But there's coming a time when we'll be somewhere else. And that'll be a good day, won't it? I mean, I love it here. I love our children, our grandchildren, my friends. But there'll come a day when we'll be somewhere else, won't we? Some other time, some other place. always heard there is a land beyond the mortal dreams of man. And every tear will be left behind, but it must be in another time. Oh, there'll be an purest holy white and every fear will be erased but it must be in another place oh oh
Well, I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you, Pastor Chris, Miss Lynn, for being with us and sharing with us today. It's such a pleasure to have you with us, and I want to congratulate you on being able to do something that I don't think anyone has ever been able to do, and that is to get Dwayne Udy that close to the front of the church. <laughs> I'm picking on you, brother. You know you're a backseat Baptist, don't you? All right. Yeah, that's where I, I've, I've heard that's where all the good ones sit. So uh, I don't know what that says about us that sit up front, right? Good to see you here today. Thank you so much uh, for being here. I want to invite you to join me in the book of Colossians chapter number 2. The book of Colossians chapter number 2. Do be in prayer for uh, Brandon today. Uh, he's preaching at Barbie's Grove Baptist Church. Uh, their pastor's wife passed away this week. Uh, Brother Ed Louder lost his wife, and uh, they had called and asked if Brandon would fill in the pulpit today. So he's got a tough task uh, as he is being able to share the Word of God today with a church that's hurting, a church that's going through a very difficult and dark time in their history. So please be in prayer for Brandon today that God just fills his mouth with the right words to say and fills his heart with the right message uh, that will bring some peace and comfort and and um, some grace to that, that wonderful church family that's hurting today. Colossians chapter 2, I'm going to read just a couple of verses today, verses 13, 14, and 15. I want to invite you to read along with me as I read. The Bible says in Colossians 2, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. And when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Let's pray together. Father God, again, thank you for the opportunity to be in this house of worship Thank you for the privilege that it is to open up the inerrant, the infallible, the inspired, holy word of God. To be able to read from these pages, Lord, something that is so much more than just ink on paper. But these are the words of truth, the words of life. And I pray, Father, that today you use your word in a mighty way to impact and transform every life that's in this room. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you have done for us, what you're doing in us, and what you're going to do through us. And Lord, we just pray that in our time together today, that you speak to our hearts, draw us closer to you than we've ever been before. And when we walk out of this place today, may we be able to walk out differently, having been changed by your word than we were when we walked in. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you our time now in Jesus' name. Amen. About 12 years ago, 2010 now, that, don't that sound odd to even say, though, 13 years ago, sorry. Don't that sound odd to even think that? I had the privilege of attending an evangelism conference at Indian Trail First Baptist Church uh, where our brother Mike Whitson pastors. And there was a, an evangelist there that day. Uh, Brother Bob Pittman, I believe he may be out of Alabama, to be honest with you. 
Uh, he preached that day uh, one of the most powerful messages I think I've heard in a very, very long time. And uh, so I made a beeline for Brother Bob as soon as that evangelism conference was over. And, and I don't even know that he had a chance to get his microphone off yet. And I made a beeline for him. I said, Brother Bob, do I have your permission, sir? That as God leads to preach the outline that you shared with us today. And of course, he very graciously uh, gave that permission. So that's what I'm going to do today. As we've been working our way through the book of Colossians and making our way uh, through uh, what Paul had to say to the believers there in Colossae who were just, man, these, these, these believers were being uh, bombarded with false information. False teachers had infiltrated their ranks and were confusing them and bringing heresy into their midst. And they were struggling to hold on to truth, struggling to, to discern that, that truth from the false. And so they were embattled. They, they, were, they were under the gun. And Paul has been sharing with them about what it means to, to follow the real Jesus. Not some made-up, falsified, watered-down version of the Master and Messiah that they had come to know. And you and I know that today that is still the culture's desire around us. Is they want to take the name of Jesus, the person of Jesus. They want to rob him of his deity. They want to rob him of his sovereignty. They want to rob him of his power. And they want to reduce him down to the human level of things so that they can feel better about the rebellious, disobedient lifestyle that they're leading. And Paul in the book of Colossae is pointing these believers to the real Jesus and making sure they understand that the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, the Messiah, the Holy Son of God, God incarnate, that He truly is the sovereign, holy God in flesh. And that He is to be, be worshipped, that He is to be exalted above every name, and that He is worthy of all praise. And so in the verses that we have read today, we are reading where Paul was pleading with them to continue to exalt the name of the real Jesus. And he equips them to do so by giving them in these few verses three indisputable reasons why the real Jesus needs to be exalted above every name. And so I want to share that with you today, three reasons why we should exalt the name of Jesus Christ. The very first reason he gives to us is found in our verse number 13, where it says that we are to exalt Jesus because he met our greatest need. In verse 13, it tells us that when you were dead in your transgressions and the circumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him having forgiven us of all our transgressions. Before coming to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be a religious person. You can be a moral person. But until you come to Jesus Christ and receive Him and accept Him as your Lord, your Master, your Savior, until you surrender your life to Him, my friend, you are a dead person walking. 
You are dead in your transgressions and your sins. You, you say, well, I, I don't understand that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to church and I'm, I'm doing all the things that the other religious people are doing. But folks, listen, until Jesus enters into your life, you are dead in your transgressions and your sins. You are a dead person walking. And he tells us that we're dead because of our sin. Sin and death go hand in hand. Where you find one, you will always find the other. They are inseparable. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin, the, the ending result of sin, the finality of sin is death. And he's not just talking about a physical death. He's talking about a, a spiritual death, an eternal death. And the results of sin is always death. You aren't dead because you sin. You sin because you're dead. As we've said a dozen times so far as we uh, walk through this book, you're you're not a sinner because you sin. You sin because you're a sinner. You were born dead in your transgressions and your sins. He talks about the uncircumcision of the flesh. You see, in, 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 the, in, in the vernacular of the time when this was written, circumcision was, was what it meant to be part of the covenant of God, to be a part of the family of God, to belong to Him. It, it meant that you were, you were identified as those who were in relationship. And those who were outside of the circumcision, they were outside of that covenant relationship with God. And the Bible tells us that until we come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're our dead and our transgressions and sin, it, it leaves us outside of the covenant relationship with God. That we, we have no relationship with Him. He loves us and He cares for us and He is, and He is working on our behalf. But before coming to Christ, you and I as dead people have no desire. We have no longing for, we're not searching for a relationship with God. So Jesus did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. He met our greatest need. And our greatest need, listen, for a dead person, their greatest need is not more money. Their greatest need is not more status or more power. Their their greatest need is not more authority. Their greatest need is life. The greatest need of a dead person is life. And Jesus did for us what We could not do for ourselves. We could try to search for life in all of these other areas, but all we find is more death. We couldn't save ourselves from our transgressions and our sins. We can't save ourselves from our our, our spiritual deadness. We, We can't make ourselves alive. But Jesus did for us what we could not do. He met our greatest need. He gave us life when we were dead. And there's only one life giver, by the way. Jesus said it this way, I am the truth, the way, and the life. No man, no man comes to the Father unless he comes by me. Jesus is the only way to life. He's the only way. He's the only giver of life. You can search for it wherever you want to search for it. You'll never find it until you come to Jesus. He is the giver of life. How does he do that? He does that by forgiving us of all our transgressions. Isn't that amazing? All? I like that word. I don't know about you, Pastor Chris. I like the word all. Because it is, it is encompassing. 
It, it, it's, there's no exceptions to the rule. There's nothing left out. It includes everything. And, and my brother was talking about he, he glad he, he's not where he used to be. I want to tell you, if you, if you had known me all those years ago, you would, you would know that, that, that there's a lot of transgressions that had to be forgiven. We are covered in them. We, we can't help it. We're, we're dead in our sins. We're, we're in bondage to our flesh. And the only thing we know is rebellion and disobedience against God. That's all we know. And transgressions is, is the best that we can produce in our own. But Jesus has forgiven us all our transgressions. He has made us alive in Him. Isn't that amazing? That God can take the spiritual dead and make them alive in Christ? Aren't you glad today that if you're a saved by grace individual in this room that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt you have been made alive by Jesus Christ? And I want to tell you, if you're in this room today and you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you may be a lot of things. You may be good. You may be moral. You may be a good employee, a good husband, wife, son, or daughter. You, you may be a great employee, but can I tell you the one thing that you, you are is dead? And there's nothing you can do in yourself to change that. You need the life giver, and his name is Jesus. Why should we exalt Jesus? Because he met our greatest need. He gave us life. There's a second reason he mentions in that very next verse. And it's not only because he met our greatest need, but we are to exalt Jesus because he paid our greatest debt. Look at verse number 14. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it, to his cross. Now, there's an interesting thing that would take place in the day when Paul was writing this. He, he talks about the certificate of debt. If you, you're reading from the King James Version, it may say the handwriting of ordinances. But what that was is a document. And that document held all of the charges that were being brought against someone in the court system. If you were being brought before a judge, they would take this certificate of debt or this handwriting of ordinances and they would write out everything that you were being charged with, every crime that you had committed, everything that you were being tried and on trial for, they would write it on that certificate of debt. And whenever it was your day in court, the they would stand and read that certificate of debt for everybody to hear everything that you had done wrong, everything that you were being accused of, everything that was against the law. Folks, can I tell you something? All of us had a handwriting of debt at some point, a handwriting of ordinances, a certificate of debt, because all of us stood guilty before God. Everything that I had done in rebellion against God from the moment that I, I was old enough to understand what doing right and wrong was, what was, what, what was godly and ungodly, everything I had done, it had been recorded and it was written down. And I want to tell you, Satan loves to read that certificate of debt. He is always trying to read it to us. Remind us of how bad we are, how bad we have been, the things that we have done wrong, how low we have sunk. But see, here's what would happen is 
is when the trial would take place, if that person was found guilty of all of those charges, he would be placed in a jail cell and, and that certificate would be nailed to the door of his jail cell. So that every person who would pass by where he was incarcerated could read all of the wrong that he had done. They could read everything that this person was guilty of and had been sentenced to jail because of it. And they would know just what kind of person you are. And But here was the, the thing. Time would happen as you would serve your sentence. And as you would serve your sentence and it would be completed again, that certificate would be taken down and brought into the courtroom. And once again, someone would stand and read all of those charges, reminding you of why you spent all that time behind the prison bars. But then something amazing would happen. The judge would take out a quill and He would write in bold letters across that certificate of debt the word tetelestai, which means paid in full. It means that the debt was satisfied. There's nothing else owed. No other sentence required that all of those things that were listed on that piece of paper had at that point, because of the sentence that was Paid was no longer owed. You know nothing else to society. That prisoner would then take that piece of paper and he would go back to his home and he would then nail it to the door of his home so that every person who walked by would see that not only had he committed all of these crimes but that the debt had been paid. Now let's take it and put it in this verse. Listen to what he says. You were, he says, you, you, he has canceled out your certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which were hostile to us and he has taken it out of the way. How? Having nailed it to his cross. In other words, listen folks, when, when Satan would stand before God and he said, let me tell you just what a sorry, no good, low down, rotten wretch Tommy Ross is. And he would begin to read all of those things that when I came to Jesus Christ and I was to be sentenced to a devil's hell to pay for all of those things, that because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, God by His sovereign hand wrote to Telestai across that. That debt was canceled. It had been paid for, not by my 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 ability to be in a prison somewhere, not because of my incarceration, but because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. He paid a debt that he did not owe because I owed a debt that I could not pay. He paid my greatest debt. As Jesus hung on the cross, And as he suffered for the sins of mankind, as he endured the wrath of God for the sins of the world, the Bible tells me that in those final moments as he took his last breath, that Jesus proclaimed to Telestai, it is finished. Folks, I want to tell you, I don't know how rotten or wretched or sorry you may have been before coming to Christ. 
but that debt has been forgiven. I don't know where you've been and what your background is. I don't know how deep in sin you may have stooped. I don't know how close to the bottom you may have come. But I'm here to tell you that if you've come to Jesus Christ and you've given Him your life and surrendered your life to Him, He has written across your debt of certificate to tell us so that when you get to heaven, there's no charges against you. You're able to stand justified, holy and righteous before God, not because of what you did, but because of the holiness and the righteousness of Jesus who paid your debt. Why should we exalt Him? Because He met my greatest need. He, he, he gave a dead man life. Why should I exalt Him? Because He did for me what I couldn't do for myself. He he, he, he paid the penalty for my sin. And, and folks, I want to tell you something. Every time the devil tries to remind me of what I used to be, in my mind I point to that little certificate of debt and I point to that one big word that's written in the blood of Christ across the tetelestai. There's nothing else owed. There's nothing else, there's nothing else that I have to do to satisfy that debt. So we are to worship Him and exalt Him. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our best. He is worthy of our adoration. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy. He is worthy. Why? Because He gave a dead man life and He paid our debt. We could stop right there and be all right, couldn't we? Oh, but there's a third thing. You know, God likes to work in threes. Look at verse number 15. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. See, he not only met my greatest need and paid my greatest debt, but he also defeated our greatest enemy. You, I want you to know you got an enemy. You may want everyone to like you, and you may have succeeded that here in the culture around you, but you've got an enemy, and his name is Satan, and he hates you. And you know why he hates you? Because you reflect the image of a holy God. Every time he looks at you, he sees the image bearer of God. And he hates you. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your health. He wants to destroy your, your emotions and your mentality. He wants to destroy everything about you. He wants to leave you in a heap and in shambles and in pieces on the floor. And if he can bring you that low, he'll do it. Because he hates you with a passion. You have an enemy. And there is a war that is constantly going on around us and we may not always see it. We may not always be physically aware of it. We may not be able to see it with our eyes or hear it with our ears. But all around us there's a, a war that is raging as, as the, the demons of hell seek to, to destroy your life. And the God of heaven has battled on your behalf to save you. And to give you life instead of death. I want you to see he defeated our greatest enemy. Paul is speaking of the rank and file of the fallen angels. The King James Version calls it the principalities and the powers. The New American Standard, as I read, called it rulers and authorities. But it says that he has disarmed them. 
The King James says, spoiled them. I, I want to I bring your attention to something that we won't see in the English language, but behind this word is, 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 is a Greek word that it, it literally means he defamed him. Do you like that? I like that. Knock the teeth out of the devil. All he can do is gum you a little bit now. All he can do is threaten you, but he has no power over you now. Because you have been saved by grace, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, forgiven of your sins, set free, given life instead of death. Now he has no authority, no power over you. You're able to walk victorious in the person of Jesus Christ as you are filled with His victory, filled with His person, filled with His power, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, with the presence of God in your life. Satan can't hurt you anymore. He can't hurt you anymore. Oh, he sure does try to make our life miserable though, doesn't he? He wants to do anything he can to rob us of our joy, of our salvation. He wants to do anything he can to give us doubt and confusion in our relationship. But Jesus has openly, Jesus has publicly defeated the enemy of your soul. He has has not only defamed Satan, he has snatched away from him the one thing that Satan had control over. And that is the key. To death, hell, and the grave. I want you to understand that while Satan is a powerful enemy, never underestimate him. Never think that in your own strength and in your own power and in your own wisdom that you can stand against him. But in the person of Jesus Christ, in the person of of God the Son, you will win every battle. He has declared victory over him. Now, don't confuse the battle with the war. Battles may still rage, but the war has been decided. Jesus is victorious. He has not only defeated death, hell, and the grave, but he has has broken the bonds of sin that once shackled those who came to him. Those who who have surrendered their life to him, they've, they've seen the bondage fall away. They've been set free from an enemy that kept them hostage. There's a reason to exalt Jesus. I love that song that, that was sang this morning. Wonderful, merciful Savior. One of my favorite. I, I think it was Selah that sings that, I believe. I love that song. Wonderful, merciful Savior. I want you to understand something this morning as we kind of close out our time together. I want you to understand there was nothing about you and there was nothing about me that deserved what Jesus did for us. It was because of His Wonderful mercy. It was because of His great grace. It was because He loved you that He did these things. You didn't earn the right to be given life instead of death. You didn't earn the right to have your debt paid. You didn't earn the right to walk in His victory. There is nothing that you and I could have done to deserve this. But we have it not because of who we are and what we've done and what we've accomplished. But we have these great things to celebrate this morning because Jesus loves us. My wife used to have a shirt. I don't know if she still has it. 
that said, instead of Jesus loves me, this I know, it said, Jesus knows me, this I love. I want you to know that he loves you. I don't know where you are in your spiritual life right now. I don't know where you are in your walk with him. Maybe today you're still trying to work your way to heaven. Maybe today you're still trying to earn your way in. Can I tell you something? You can't go to church enough. You can't give enough money. You can't do enough good deeds. You, you, you can't do that because at the end of the day you're still dead and your trespasses against you still need to be paid. The charges against you still stand. Somebody's going to pay. And if you're Without Christ this morning, I'm here to tell you, you need Jesus because only He can meet your greatest need. Only He can pay your greatest debt and only He can defeat your greatest enemy. Oh, but believer, if you've come to that place and time in your life when you understood and realized that you're a sinner and you can't save yourself, and that someone, you need help that's, from someone who can help you in ways that you can't help yourself. And at some point, somewhere, you heard the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, 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 and the Holy Spirit of God convicted you that not only were you lost and dying in your sins, but that Jesus was your hope. And you came to him and you fell on your face before the Son of God, and you proclaimed Him as Master, Ruler, and Savior, and you surrendered your life to Him by faith. Can I tell you something? Don't let the devil ever convince you that you're worthless. Because the Bible says that you were worth Jesus giving life to. You were worth him paying your debt. You were worth him battling Satan for. And he loves you as his child. In just a moment, we're going to stand. We'll have a time that we call invitation is simply our opportunity to decide what we're going to do with the truth we've been given today. That's all this time is as we sing together. What am I going to do with the truth that I have? You see, for not, for, forever, forever, you and I are now accountable for this truth because we've heard the truth. We can't say we didn't know can't say we haven't heard because we've been given the truth of God's word and as we stand in just a few moments maybe you're a believer who today is living out of fellowship with God oh you haven't lost your relationship with him he hasn't he hasn't disowned you he hasn't thrown you out of the family he hasn't cast you aside but you've allowed sin to come into your life and rob you of your fellowship with him Today's a day, to, a great day to make things right with the one who met your greatest need, paid your greatest debt, and defeated your greatest enemy. Today's a great day to come back to the one who did all those things for you and with a heart filled with repentance, with a heart filled with humility, to be able to fall at his feet one more time and just say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Maybe that you don't know Jesus today. Can I tell you something? There's no better day than today to come to Him for salvation.
Today's a great day for you to receive life instead of the death that you now have. Today's a great day for Tetelestai to be written across the certificate of debt of your life. Today's a great day for you to walk in victory over your greatest enemy. But you can only do that by coming to Jesus. I'm going to be down front and standing down here at the front pew. Pastor Chris is here. We'll pray with you, pray for you, whatever you, you may need from us. We'd, I'd love to share with you how you can know Jesus today. I would love to introduce you to the life giver, the debt payer, and the victorious Christ. I'd love for you to walk out of here today exalting Jesus because these three things have taken place in your life. Let's pray. Father, our heart rejoices in just knowing what you have done for us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, for giving us what we can never muster up on our own. Lord, we're dead and we, we can't produce life in ourselves. We need you to produce that life in us. You are the life giver, Lord Jesus. You and you alone. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for taking care of our greatest debt, a debt that we could have never paid. It would have took us an eternity in hell to even come close to paying the penalty for our sin. But Lord Jesus, you loved us so much that you were willing to endure the wrath of God the Father upon your life. You were willing to endure on the cruel cross the penalty for our sin, for our transgressions. You you were willing to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And, and Lord, you paid that debt on behalf of every person in this room if they'll just come to you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you paid the greatest debt that we have ever owed. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that as the enemy rages around us, threatening us, trying to trip us up and discourage us that you have given to every born-again believer victory in who you are. And that, Lord Jesus, when we walk in your power and we let you live in us and through us, that there is nothing the enemy can do to harm us. Lord, I pray for that believer that's walking at a distance from you today. They've, they've let their fellowship with you grow cold. And, and Lord, we, we understand that they're saved and they're on their way to heaven. But, Lord, they're missing the joy of their salvation. They're missing the sweetness of the fellowship that you want with them every day. How I pray that today will be a day when they repent and return to you. Lord, I pray for that one that may be sitting in this room right now. They're still trying to, they're st still trying to find life elsewhere. They're still trying to figure out how to be good enough to pay off their debt. They're still trying to battle the enemy in their own strength. Lord Jesus, they need you because you're the only one that can do these things. I pray that even right now that the Holy Spirit of God surround their hearts, surround their life, open their eyes to see 
that they're a sinner that can't save themselves and that Jesus is their only hope. That today will be their day of salvation. Lord, in these next few moments, will you, you work as only you can to do things that only you can do? And that whatever decisions are made in our, whether it's in the pew or here in this altar or wherever it may be, Lord, that the decisions that are made will bring honor, glory, and praise and exalt the name above every name. The name of Jesus. For it's in that name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing together.
Amen. I'm going to ask you to be seated for just one second. Uh, Miss Lana, if you will, come on up with me, please. Thank you, ma'am. This is Miss Lana Drake. For those of you who don't know her, uh, Lana has been uh, visiting with us and worshiping with us for some time now. And she uh, went through our discovery class, finished that today, in fact. Uh, so that's awesome. Good job. I mean, it went quick, didn't it? It did. All right. Good deal. But she has come uh, today wishing to unite with our church by letter from Hopewell Baptist Church in Monroe. Uh, she has been saved by grace, baptized by immersion. Um, I, I think I don't think you've got to be around Miss Lana very long to know that, that she loves Jesus. Uh, just no doubt about that. Uh, so do I have a motion that we receive her into the fellowship of our church? A whole bunch of motions. Do I have a second? whole bunch of seconds, that's good. Then if you promise to love her, pray for her, and encourage her as a part of this body of Christ, would you signify that by the uplifted hand? Thank you so much. All opposed, same sign. And there are none. So you did better than I did. I didn't even get a 100% vote when I came. You got a 100% vote coming in. Good job. Uh, do you feel comfortable staying up here and letting folks shake your hand? Do you feel comfortable doing that? All right. Uh, well, I'm going to ask her to stay up here then. If you feel comfortable doing so and you would like to come by and uh, shake her hand, hug her neck, welcome her into the family here at First Baptist Church of Locust, I want to invite you to do that before you leave here in the next few moments. Thank you again for being here. Pastor Chris, Miss Lynn, thank you all again. It was a pleasure to have you guys here today. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. All right. Father God, we once again just humbly bow in your presence to say thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us in spite of ourselves. Thank you for giving to us those things which we could never have for, without, your, without your grace. And Lord, thank you that you've given us the opportunity to know you. I pray, Lord, that you'll just go with us today. Thank you for Miss Lana. Lord, I pray your blessings on her. Help us be good stewards of her, her time and her talents. Lord, just use her in a mighty way, not only to be a blessing in this church, but for our church to be a blessing to her. We just ask you, Lord, to be with each as they travel their separate ways today, keep each one safe, and just pray, Lord, that you'll gather us together at the next appointed hours. I pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.